0: My very best to get this job that I so crave
1: hey welcome back to multiplex fan zone debate we are here uh for a uh, another debut match uh post mayhem at the multiplex five we are doing all these uh singles debut matches in uh fan Zone Debate, debate I'm very much looking forward to it uh because we're gonna get some fresh blood uh and some new people on the roster in the matches uh that have been just absolutely annoying the shit out of me they've been knocking on my door like tim when am i gonna get to play tim and they're just saying it over and over i'm just kidding they signed up on a post uh i'm very excited though because like i said new people always good interesting to see what they can do if they've got what it takes uh so we got will cohen we got brandon cohen yes I made them play because they have the same last name. That's the only reason. There was literally no other reason. That was why, uh, Kirk. You're here to judge this one with us. How you doing, sir?
2: I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm excited for this one. Like you said, it's great to see so many you know new people interested in the game. Um, you know, I know Will a little bit more be- uh, better than Brandon, but I haven't seen either of them in this kind of setting. Uh, and you know, just new personalities new strategies new takes on the game are always fun to see so we're uh, really looking forward to this match and brian you are here uh how are you feeling
3: yeah i've, I've seen both these guys around I, i've been i think involved in a couple of like just for fun things with them but obviously not in debate i have not seen either the debate in any league or anything i don't know if they have or not but so it, uh yeah it'll be nice to see something new we don't know what to expect we haven't heard him so see what happens
1: yeah all right, well, let's bring him in. We'll start with uh, Brandon of the Cohen variety. Uh, Brandon, welcome to the show. I don't think you and I have ever met, but uh, I'm looking forward to no, having I'm you. Not. Yeah, how are you doing, sir? Are you excited? Uh, have you debated before in
4: other leagues? How do you feel about Will? I, let's do it all. Oh, I mean, I don't want to get in both feel about Will because that would taint the rest of the show. But um, I'm excited. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, you say we signed up on a post and I'm learning now that I need to read the posts. Cause when you messaged me, I was like, what am I doing? I don't remember signing up for this. So I'm excited. I got some notes. I'm ready to argue my shit and uh, we'll see how I do. Sounds good to me. Oh, I got uh,
3: Will,
1: we'll bring in Will. Will, welcome. Uh, do you remember signing up on the post?
0: I do remember signing up on the post. Uh, before before the green room was set up, I just didn't realize that you remembered that. I you know that I I, I, I went, went back that. I went I went back and looked. That's that's fair. <laughs> um but after uh uh I have been doing uh movie battlegrounds a little bit as well, and so I'm eager to see how I do in this format. The format's a little bit different. Uh I'm still very new to debate this is my first year doing any kind of debate settings as well as trivia so we'll see what happens
1: yeah yeah people keep saying the format is different i wouldn't know but here's how this show works uh there were four questions given to the players based off of uh, four categories that they drafted. Um, So they are going to debate those questions tonight before our very souls. Uh, And at the end of each question, Brian Kirk and I are going to write on our handy dandy boards who we think won that question and the uh, best two out of three votes wins the point and the first person to three points wins the match, you each get a one minute opening and a one minute closing. Uh and in between that is your five minute free form. So uh gentlemen, do you have any questions about how this is gonna work?
4: No, not really. Just want to point out also on July 15th from Will, I completely forgot I signed up for the debate league. So caught him in a lie already. <laughs> oh
0: <ooh. laughs> I don't remember sending that post but he hasn't
4: sending the post
1: lies lies. <laughs> caught in the act gentlemen have let's do this
0: don't worry i'll do my
1: that's the wrong video let's do this We're off to a great
4: start. Uh so uh guys, am I the bear in that or my Mark
1: Wahlberg in that?
0: Uh you and I were asking the same question, buddy.
1: <laughs> you can be whoever you want to be. Uh so we're gonna kick this off with the first question, uh, which is gonna be from the category of dreamworks. This was drafted by Will. And the question is, what dreamworks film would be the worst to turn into a live action film? Uh, so will you drafted this that means you get to go first you have one minute to open your argument when you start talking and i will come in to give you a 10 second countdown when the time comes
0: so for the worst dreamworks film that would be uh that could possibly go live action i had to go kung fu panda for one simple reason it would just be pointless if if that remake of The Lion King showed us anything, it's that you can make things photorealistic, but it's essentially going to be pointless when there's no people in itself to act off of. And that's Kung Fu Panda's problem, is that there's no human characters. So, really putting, you know, a bunch of CGI characters in quote unquote a real setting just that's just that's still technically animation. That's just absolute animation, just in a different format. Now, if there were, you know, if there was some, you know, if there was something to go off of, there was some interesting angle they could do. That'd be one thing. But there really isn't. And let's face it. That'd be horrible. Time. Okay.
1: Uh, we will move over to Brandon. Brandon, you now have one minute to open your argument when you start talking.
4: So I think ants would be the worst DreamWorks animation being made into a live action film because going off of photorealistic when it comes to like the Lion King or the, um, the jungle book, you can kind of see some emotion in the characters faces, but having just tiny little ants running around, especially just voiced by Woody Allen being all hot and bothered would not work at all. The movie's kind of about nothing. It's just ants talking. He kind of becomes a hero, but it's really just ants talking. So just having a zoomed out setting of Jesse's ants running around, talk about pointless, that would be the most pointless thing ever because you couldn't be able to read anything off their faces. It's just little tiny ants walking around. Okay. Uh,
1: ending about 20 seconds early. Ants versus Kung Fu Panda. Gentlemen, you have five minutes when one of you starts talking. Please don't talk over each other or I'll get very, very sad. So don't make me sad.
0: So after watching ants recently, I realized that what they did was very interesting. They actually made the ants more human. And so they had human faces, they stood upright, they had human interactions you know, versus ant interactions really. And so it would actually be pretty easy to translate that into live action. In fact, you can actually make it with practical effects. You can put them in you know, costumes with puppet effects. It could actually be kind of fun. Whereas with Kung Fu Panda, these are characters that the only way you can really do it without it looking really, really, really horrible is by doing it CGI. But if once you make all the characters CGI, why are you making a live action film to begin with?
4: So my rebuttal for the uh, practical effects or humanizing you know the ants faces was we all saw or actually probably didn't all see cats so having these 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 life-size people with these fake ant faces would be absolutely horrifying and we also saw how that worked out i think on the other side with kung fu panda is yes it's kung fu panda but you can have these animals you can kind of take a different spin on it so they can have these animals fighting it does it can just be a panda who's fat and lazy and needs to prove himself and to these other animals so you can have them fight doesn't have to actually have them standing up doing you know kung fu it can be kind of more of a um
3: who's throwing stuff at me that's
4: fun um you can kind of be more of just like a coming of age tale or a guy who is fulfilling his destiny doesn't have to actually be like a cgi panda can look like an actual panda you know do the photorealistic thing so i just think we've all seen how cats worked out so i don't think that i think they, if they did a cgi or a live action version of ants i really think they wouldn't have these these horrifying faces of. You know.
0: well then you're misunderstanding what i'm saying then because with my you know my proposal for a live action ants film it wouldn't be like cats cats use a lot of cgi in that and Dove into the uncanny valley. This would, you know, this would be them in costumes. It would look, you know, it would look quasi cheesy, but they could lean into that very easily. Whereas the the pitch that you just gave for a live action Kung Fu Panda movie, a it sounded like you said that there wouldn't be any action or kung fu, which would absolutely take out the meaning Kung Fu Panda. No, there would be. Just and the then,
4: sorry, yeah, oh. it's okay.
0: You so that you know so that's what I that's what I got out of that argument and therefore that seems pointless second of all if they're not you know so if they're not fighting if you know, if they just looks like a real panda well that's still animation that's still proving my point that if you're going to be doing these things and make it look like a real panda doing all these things then why are you making an you know why aren't you just making an animated film why aren't you just making kung fu panda 4 or just something else in that regard
4: Yeah. Well, the question is, what would be the worst movie? So the fact that it's pointless doesn't really make it bad. It makes you don't want to see it. So if it's the worst movie where, like you said, they could make these animals fight each other and necessarily it could be pointless, but not be bad. But having the, you said itself in costumes and makeup being cheesy and kind of just honestly doing nothing and just talking, that would be, in my opinion, pointless, but also just not entertaining and bad
0: but you see the thing the thing with that is that there's many many different things that involve puppets that involve practical effects like that that have been done in the past and it's actually been done very well and so giving people you know giving people a template to do something that could actually have a lot of potential automatically in my mind doesn't make that the worst thing ever just because ants is considered a lower you know a lower tier dreamworks film doesn't necessarily mean it's the worst to be adda- adapted to a live action film i've seen lots of bad animated things go to live action and they've actually been pretty good taking a beloved property such as kung fu panda and trying to make it live action for some reason when it's going to be you know it's going to be cgi doesn't matter if it's photorealistic or not it's going to be point it's going to be in a pointless endeavor because it's going to be one animation style versus another animation style you're adapting something and essentially just making it animated again and that's pointless
4: yeah well they could also take the other route of just instead of kung fu instead of anim, or like re, photorealistic animals they could just use real actors and have you know a fat guy so have actual jack black learn kung fu and actually n- instead of animals just kind of translate the story into so there's other ways to do it besides just photorealistic animals time
1: okay uh brandon we are going to start with you uh you have one minute to close your argument when
4: you start talking okay. so i just think with kung fu panda there's a lot you can do with it you can do uh you know like we said you can do the photorealistic um animals you can have them fighting in their ways that they fight and maybe even learn how to fight in different ways it doesn't it may be pointless but it doesn't necessarily, necessarily be a bad movie you can also make the argument that you could just take the story and translate it into live action with live action actors. For me, I just think with the ants having, you know, the two ways he said with like the cat's route, or you go with the um, the puppet route, That just seems terrifying to me to have these giant, especially with what's going on with Woody Allen just would be terrifying. Seeing these guys just talking and doing kind of nothing. Cause that movie is just super boring. So I just think cats, they're not cats, now nah, that my head ants doesn't work for me, It'd be horrible. All right, uh,
1: we will move over to Will, who has one minute to close his argument when he starts talking.
0: So, all the options that my opponent gave, you know, to try and make this a live action film, all just kind of go back to what I'm saying. What is the point? The you know the question was what is the worst one meaning why you know which is the worst option to even make pointless is an you know is a definitely factor in that because you have to get people to actually want to go see this movie and a live action Kung Fu Panda movie no one wants to see that whether you do it like in the style of the Jungle Book whether you did it in any of the styles that he mentioned and especially the costume angle. Doing all of those with kung fu just sounds horrible, and he's only just on all he's doing to me is just proving my point that that is absolutely the worst. And it was never meant to be a big action film. It was mostly supposed to be this cutesy little, uh, you know, this cutesy little interact, you know, movie interaction with uh, interacting people that could easily be done with puppets. Time. Okay. <laughs>
1: Uh we are going to bring in the judges.
0: At least we know we're getting the weird question out of the way.
1: Yeah, I guess. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> How are we doing, Judges? Do you hate me yet? Uh so that was a weird question. That was some weird shit. <laughs> um i've done questions like this before and uh like with pixar and like disney and like stuff like that and people usually like pick stuff with like humans and I, I i didn't think this one through uh that being said i went with brandon uh i thought that this was fucking weird and that uh both of them kind of canceled each other out a lot but at the end of the day Brandon convinced me that whether or not it was the meaning of the question or not at the end of the day, that ant puppets would be fucking horrifying. Uh, And the movie Ants is boring. And at least the movie Kung Fu Panda is interesting. And so no matter what way you do it, it's at least more interesting than Ants. And I was convinced of that.
2: So, Kirk, where are you going? I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go with Will on this one. Okay and uh, my reasoning is uh, again uh, you both painted a really nightmarish picture of what these movies would be so thank you for that um, but I think the, the a couple things uh, out of the two I mean the the puppets would be disturbing but like I mean at least that's a kind of an interesting take on it yeah. and al- also I think that a couple things will said was the first one was that uh, you know you know despite the animation factor you um, Kung Fu Panda a beloved movie. Why would you remake that where Ants is kind of forgotten and give that another try? And also, I like to came at the end where um, a good point, Ants has a lot less action to it. So however you decide to put it on screen, you're going to have a lot less challenge um, translating that because you don't have to have them doing flip kicks and stuff. So that's that's the way I went with that one. Okay.
1: Uh, Brian, where are you going?
3: Um home please no, um I, the question definitely should have been what dreamworks film involving humans because yeah both yeah. of them would be yeah. awful awful movies um Excellent. i think a lot of it got, got dragged down into the, the logistics of how you would create the movie as as opposed to what movie you know deserves and what we would make a good movie um i did find it kind of amusing when when will says you know there's no good way to do mine but we can do your ants with puppets and i'm like really that would that would not be good either um but so really came down to you know Logistically, they both suck. Uh, but uh, like like you, I felt fo- I felt that Brandon did a better job of explaining to me why you know his film would just be boring. And yeah, like Kirk said, I mean, yeah, you could you could change it up, you can do anything with it, but then it's not even a remake anymore, you know.
1: All right, fair enough. So Brandon wins the first point. Uh, so it is one to zero as we get into the next question, which was drafted by Brandon. <laughs> Uh, this was in the category of sports. The question: What is the best character in a baseball sports film? So, will you or, or sorry, Brandon, you get to kick this off. You have one minute when you start talking.
4: So, best character in a baseball film. I am going with Roy Hobbs from The Natural. For those who don't know, played by Robert Redford, he's playing catch with his with his dad in the beginning of the movie. A tree gets hit by lightning he makes a bat out of that tree. that's Wonder Boy. he takes it through his entire career about to get drafted, gets shot and then 16 years later as an old man gets signed as a rookie and he has the bat of you know Wonderbat just cracks, gets home runs. he bombed the ninth inning, he's bleeding, he hits a home run, shatters the lights, streams, Flames come down, makes out, bangs, Glenn Close, has a kid, and he's just the embodiment of is just the American dream. He just he he had hardship. He overcomes that, and he overcomes and becomes one of the best baseball players of all time. It's just an amazing story and very interesting and what he overcomes and what he goes through makes him a great character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never seen the natural. So that one made me laugh really hard. And I saw Kirk laugh backstage. I'm so sorry. All right, Will, you have one minute to open your argument when you start talking.
0: So when I think sports movies, I think about the underdog. And for me, there is no better underdog than Scotty Smalls from the Sandlot. He is a great narrator. He is a very reliable narrator. And we get to see his journey from this just absolute nerd, this absolute geek, And he gets to, you know, then he just slowly evolves into a very good baseball player. Not as good as some of the other people on the team, but that was never the journey, he you know, he was going to take. But he, you know, but he began to love this game that he had no clue what it was about. And that's very compelling at the end of the day. You know, from, you know, from the time that he gets, you know, from the time he gets to learn how to catch, a baseball and throw it from the time that he gets to learn to hit, from the time that he gets to learn the rules, how he bonds over the sport with his fa- uh, his stepfather and his mother, and to the very end, that's a very compelling story and a very compelling character.
1: Time, all right. Sandlot, The Natural, gentlemen, five minutes of free form i one of you who starts talking.
4: All right. So my problem with Smalls is he's not even the most interesting or best character in that movie. You see, first off you said he was the underdog but he doesn't underdog you have to kind of make it he doesn't really make it he gets one shot and then he has then everyone else has to kind of cover his ass and he gets saved by a blind darth vader so he doesn't really kind of overcome any obstacle besides becoming friends but and in that movie alone you got ham is a better character more more entertaining benny the jet you know the cool everybody wanted to be, i wanted to take benny the jet but i didn't want to take a character from that movie Everyone wanted the P.F. Flyers as a kid. Everyone wanted to be Benny the Jet. He's the one that made it as a pro. Smalls just became the, um, the commentator at the end of the movie. So Smalls is kind of annoying and just doesn't really... For me, there's way better choices from that movie.
0: But here's where you're wrong. He is the lens for the entire movie. We see everything through his eyes. And so we get to see him grow as a person. We get to see him essentially take the hero's journey. We get to see him evolve we get to see him become their friends we get to see their fruit you know, we get to see his friends rely on him for things and it be- you know he becomes part of the group he becomes an integral part of the group when he was a complete outsider to begin with and that's why that's very interesting let's move over to roy though roy kind of embodies all the reasons why i don't like superman as a character he's too perfect he you know he's just wait you know he's Outrageously moral. He is perfect at every aspect of the game. He's a good runner. He's a good hitter. He's a good, you know, pitcher. He just, you know, he is just perfect and uncorruptible in every single, you know, in every single way. And that is boring. After a while, it's just extremely boring to watch this perfection just keep being perfect because there's nowhere to go from there. You don't approve. You never get to see any kind of a evolution from him really
4: well he gets shot in the beginning of the movie and then he'll you know, talk about the hero's journey he gets shot doesn't think he's ever going to make it and then he ha- then he relies on his skills and, and able to overcome those obstacles and go up and become the natural the great and when you talk about you know I, like because in sports movies for me when it comes to characters you got to have these these characters have to have these iconic moments and in, in baseball movies in particular there's a couple iconic moments and a lot of them are from the sandlot but a lot of them you're killing me smalls or they're not rega- they're or, or jumping over none of those moments actually involve smalls when you're when you want these big characters you want these characters we want to be memorable and, and as a baseball fan the most memorable sports movie moment for me is him s- smashing the lights so that for me you know you don't have to for sports movies you want the hero, you want the guy who's amazing. That's, that's that's what you're looking for. You want someone that can over who has some odds to overcome, but he's able to actually overcome those and prove to him, prove to all the viewers that wow, this guy's actually amazing. Made-
0: yeah, great. You have you, know, you get to watch him overcome, but he's just perfect in every regard. And you said yourself he got shot. So he has this bullet in him for 16 years and he's still doing all of these superhuman feats. He's still whacking the ball so hard that it's shattering lights and virtually, you know, virtually causing lightning storms. It's so far-fetched and ridiculous. And then on top of it all, you know, he's just embroiled in this gambling scheme he's like oh well i'm too good for that so i'm you know i'm not going to throw the game it's just he's just uncorruptible it's just boring and when he is not being mr perfect he is not a good team player He's yelling at you know he's yelling at his coach he's yelling at the owner of the team but with smalls on the other hand he is a team player he wants to be part of there and instead of giving you know instead of allowing himself to give up he continues and becomes a good baseball player and that's the reason why he is the you know one of the best characters in that if not the best character from the sandlot because he's the only one who's honest he's the only one who get you know he's the only one who gives us really the good accounts of everything and at the end when he gets to see you know when he gets the ball back from as you put it blind darth vader that's such a very touching moment that doesn't happen to anyone that's an iconic moment right there that's a moment that's relatable and iconic and not only that the great moment where he catches the ball for the first time that like watching his face is light up going oh my god i caught it that's iconic and relatable that's why scotty smalls is better than roy because not only is he great but he's relatable
1: okay Okay, Uh, Will, we are going to start with you. You have one minute to close your argument when you start talking.
0: The great thing about The Sandlot in general is that it kind of redefines what a baseball movie is, where it can actually be about camaraderie as well as the sport. And that's why Scotty Smalls is such an integral part of that because he's really the you know he turns out to be the glue that holds the entire group together. And so when we get to see him you know as the commentator we get to see his li- you know, his lifelong friend hit that home run in that you know in the major leagues. That's such an iconic moment as well. Roy is essentially Superman without Superman powers. But he you know he's he has that Wonder Boy bat. Oh, I made it by hand. Oh, uh, could he be cheating? No, he's not cheating. Oh, he's great at hitting. He's great at pitching. He's great at everything. Oh, I'm not going. I'm not going to sleep with random women. I'm going to do all of these great things. Okay, eventually that's just kind of boring. But we get to see Scotty Smalls actually evolve, and that's why he's better. Time. All right, we're going to move over to Brandon. One minute when you start
2: talking.
4: For me, as a sports fan, you want these stars. You want someone that is larger than life, someone that little kids can look up to and say, I want to be that guy. I want to smash those lights. And for me, Smalls just isn't that guy. Like I said before, he's not even the best part of that movie. He's fourth, fifth best. The Twins probably below him. And he's probably like fifth best in that movie himself. There's iconic moments in the movie. None of them really you know, go around him. It's all everyone else trying to save him yeah Roy's perfect but that's what you want in a sports star you want these guys that you can look up to that you're saying like I want to be that guy you know knocking a guy because he's good at baseball that's what makes a good baseball player right he had the overcome he overcome getting shot right he had bullet in him but he still made it he was a pitcher before you know then he became a batter he can do it all and that that's what sports movies are all about yeah these cheesy moments but for sports movies you need those big set pieces and that's why roy hobbs is the best baseball character
1: time all right we will bring in the judges man i have so much i want to say i would this is the one time i think i wish i would go first i really do uh but i can't because brian's going first kirk are you ready you're muted, so I don't know. But it I, looks I like. am
2: not. I am not ready. I'm writing a name down now. Okay,
3: uh, Brian, kick us off. So, uh, well, for starters, I think that Will made some really good points about how his character is, is more relatable. Because yes, when somebody is you know the perfect person, it can be it, it can be boring. Um, but I actually did end up going with Brandon again. Um, for me, I think that Will unintentionally kind of helped support. Brandon's argument because like uh you know Brandon talked about how uh Smalls isn't even the best character in this movie and then Will goes and says well you know this is why Smalls is one of the best characters if not the best character so he kind of backed up what he said there and then um well, um sorry I lost my train of thought uh then Brandon talks about how the iconic moments take place you know they they don't involve Smalls they take place around Smalls and then Will said in his in his closing argument how you know there are, are iconic moments like when you watch this lifelong friend hit this home run in the major leagues that's an iconic moment while he's watching his friend do an iconic moment so i just kind of think he shot himself in the foot a little bit there
1: i, I get what will was trying to do of of i thought the co- the comparison to superman was actually really interesting i agree um be, uh, of saying like if he, if you're too perfect you're not a relatable interesting character so i liked that aspect but i did find it funny that he the way he said it uh beyond just the compare the immediate comparison of he's like superman is god he's so good at baseball he doesn't bang multiple women <coughs> holy shit! what an asshole uh man that made me laugh sorry i'm sorry will unintentionally you made me laugh really hard. I, I did go with brandon i thought that Brandon did a really, really good job of being like of countering the Superman thing of being like, yeah, he's kind of perfect. Well, actually, the first counter of like, dude, he got shot and he had to overcome that. So like, no. Uh, But then to come in and say, like, you come to these movies for big sports set pieces and this guy is the perfect baseball player for these types of moments that you're looking for in these movies. I've seen The Sandlot. I don't love it. I really want to watch The Natural now. Like, Brandon sold me on this movie hard. Like, I've never seen it. I really want to watch it. So, I went with Brandon. He wins the point. But, Kirk, where are you going?
2: I actually went with Will. Um, I just think that um, when I listen to these debates sometimes, I'm like, especially in the situation where I've seen both movies, like, I'll say, okay, here are the points you need to make to overcome that. And I don't think Brandon necessarily – I think Brandon just kept checking along at his points and didn't do enough to go after – he wasn't nuanced enough to go out in this one to go after Will's, uh, the points you are making. And I think Will's points were beatable. Uh, Brandon just didn't, you know, go in for the kill. Um, I am glad that Brandon won, though, because he made the objectively correct choice. Um, Roy Roy's a much better character, but I thought Will did the, did the better argument on this one.
1: Perfect. Okay, so uh, Brandon is up two to zero. That means that Will does need to hit this in uh, this next question in order to avoid the knockout. So uh, we are going to get into that third question, which was drafted by Will. It is in the category of musicals. and the question is: Which post nineteen nineties musical is the most fun to watch with friends? Uh, so will you get to kick this one off? You have one minute when you start talking.
0: So I made the absolute sadistic asshole decision to go with one of my sadistic asshole favorites and that's repo the genetic opera. Why? Because why is this the best one to watch with friends? Because you can get one of two experiences when you do this. One, you can watch it with a bunch of friends who have seen this and can just laugh along to the outrageously silly, gory moments when you see Anthony Stewart Head doing a duet with himself and a victim that he made into a puppet. You can laugh along with all of these things or and my fa- my personal favorite experience, getting a group of friends and one of them hasn't seen the movie. So not only get to eat, we- get to watch the movie itself play out and all these wacky numbers and everything but we get to see someone experience this for the first time and watch their minds just explode at the process that is a a must-see moment I love this movie for that time underrated
1: pick uh let's go to Brandon uh you have one minute to open your argument when you start talking
4: so i went with anna and the apocalypse because i think this is the best movie to watch with friends because to be honest i like musicals but not everybody likes musicals so this movie anna and the apocalypse is the perfect blend of everything everyone loves zombies most will and i last name cohen don't like christmas movies but most people like christmas movies people love the brits right and all of a sudden it's also a musical so it's a zombie christmas british musical it has everything it has the big disney-esque songs it's got the great action it's got a little bit of scares on it from the um from the, you know zombies and it has a lot of heart and emotion to it too with her relationship from her father and it's just perfect for friends because not everyone wants to sit around watching a musical so they they get this you get a little bit of everything for everybody and there's some hilarious moments with some of the dance numbers especially when you first see the zombies and i think it's just the perfect pick because it has, like I said before, it has a little bit for everybody. You're not forcing someone to watch a two-hour time. All right.
1: Anna, The Apocalypse, and Repo, The Genetic Opera, five-minute freeform, when one of you starts talking.
0: So, I almost... Uh, honestly, I almost went with Anna, of the Apocalypse. What made me stop and say, no, I'm not going to go with this, for one solid reason. That final act. That final act... Yes, it has emotion. It has, it it not only does it have a lot of emotion, it brings the mood down and not even just gradually, it just knocks the beams directly out of you and it comes crashing down. It is no longer the happy, fun affair that the first half of the movie was. By that, you know, by that second half, it's becoming way too dark, it's becoming way too depressing. And when I want to see a movie with my friends, here's a here's the here's a good story i actually saw this with a group of friends all of us left wanting to die after this movie that's not the experience you want to have with your friends you want to laugh you want to carry on you want to talk about what your favorite moments were and that's repo the genetic opera in a nutshell you get you get people you wouldn't think would be in a musical you wouldn't think paris hilton would do well in a rock opera but she's actually knocking out of the park if anthony Stewart head from uh from Buffy the Vampire so you have a great cast
4: yeah my thing is with just there's nothing being worse than being forced to watch something you don't like and you kind of said in the beginning that movie's not for everybody there's a lot of gross stuff in it like I wouldn't like me personally I would not feel comfortable being like I got this perfect movie for you guys you got you got heads coming off you got gore you got Paris Hilton it's just impossible to sell for me, the other movie, is just its easier to sell. There's more stuff in it for everybody. Yeah, it's a little sad at the end, but, you know, it's still hopeful. You know, there's still hope in it because she still overcomes the zombies, moves on with her friends. Yes, she lost her dad, unfortunately, but lots of movies have emotion in them. Lots of movies have sad moments in them. For It's just I wouldn't want to watch – if I didn't know what Repo the Genetic was, I wouldn't want to watch this gr- – with this gross movie with these long songs and it's like what is going on this is weird i just want to go home and watch something watch kung fu panda it's just not a movie for everybody and i think i think it's easier especially because you have to know your audience okay. you have to people who haven't seen this before or if you have all seen before that great any musical is going to do
0: all right so then you then your pick makes it really ironic then if you're not really looking for you know supreme gore or anything like that because and the apocalypse is very gory there's lots of head splatting you know coming off there's lots of blood splatters there's lots of limbs being severed everywhere and so if you're not looking for that then why would you go with your own choice
4: well because it's done in a different way we all you all know Genetic opera the campy the trauma-esque style gore it's different than the normal zombie-ish you know there's nothing really it's zombie gore, but it's nothing really gross. There's lots of gross moments in Rebirth of the Genetic Opera, and there's nothing nothing in, in apocalypse. Yeah, I watch a lot of horror movies. So my friends can watch horror movies. There's nothing really like, oh, that's disgusting. I never want to like, eat again, like the stuff that's in Rebirth of the Genetic Opera.
0: Well, you see, and I completely disagree. There were plenty of moments when I saw End of the Apocalypse where I was just completely grossed out and just felt empty inside after watching it. Whereas with Reaper, the Genetic Opera, it's coming from the director, one of the directors of Saw, you know, who directed a lot of the Saw frim, uh, films in the franchise. And so you kind of already know what you're getting in, you know, going in with, with that, especially since this is his big passion project. But here's the thing the question is what would you want to see with friends now if you've already seen this movie and all your friends have already seen this movie getting them together and having a big laugh at all of that you know all of the campiness that is fun whereas with and the apocalypse uh i would want you know like you know if i want to have a good you know time with them i would shut the film off at the hour 15 minute mark and just go okay um that's, that's all the good campiness. That's all the good fun. Uh, let's go move on to something else before we feel hollow inside.
4: Well, the question says nothing about fun. It says the movie you want to want to watch with friends. When I watch movies as friends, especially if I'm picking the movie, I want to pick a movie where I, where I, where they turn it off and they say, wow, that was really great. And I think, and, the apocalypse, and I love showing this movie to people because I, I don't to tell them what it's about. I go in and saying, there's a zombie movie. And they watch it and they're like wait there's music into it but the songs are actually catchy the songs are great it seems like they're written for disney movies and it's just an overall great movie it doesn't have to be fun it is fun but the question doesn't say nothing about fun it just says what is a good movie to show or watch with friends and this movie with the singable songs the fun action the horror elements the heart everything it makes for an overall uh you know enjoyable watch there's some dark moments but enjoyable watch and Everyone I've showed to comes comes off with saying, wow, that was a great movie. Why have I not heard this before?
0: And so what you're saying is that when you go see, when you get all your friends together, you don't always want them to have fun when watching the movie. Because I think when a good group of friends are getting together to watch a movie, that's supposed to be a fun time. Time.
1: Okay. Uh, Brandon, we're going to start with you. You have one minute to close your argument when you start talking
4: So when I get to show friends a movie, I want to pick something that you know maybe they've heard of, maybe they haven't, maybe they haven't seen it. And for me, the perfect, I, I, I show this movie to my friends all the time. And Anthony Apocalypse* is the perfect movie because it has a little bit of everything for everybody. You can have a good time with this movie. It, you know, it's very enjoyable. The songs are great. The first time you see the zombies and they're doing this little dance number, it's making fun of musicals too, which everyone always enjoys because musicals are ridiculous and cheesy. So this is great because you have them dancing in the front, zombies in the background, eating kids, eating people. It's just an overall blast of a movie. It has heart. It has good music. And it's just every person I've showed this movie to says, wow, that's a great pick of a movie. Movies can be sad. You can be sad and still enjoy yourself. I enjoy myself. I have heart. I have emotions all the time. I like feeling things from movies. And I think An Apocalypse has everything for everybody. You feel something. You laugh. You cry. You have an overall good time time okay
1: uh let's go over to will you have one minute to close your argument when you start talking
0: so my opponent complained with reboot genetic opera that it's that it's gory that people would not have a good time because it's gross well you can say the exact same thing about and the apocalypse it has you know with reboot genetic opera it has catchy numbers too it has gore but he just said that he doesn't like gore he just said that he doesn't like over-the-top violence well then why did he choose that film that has over-the-top violence yeah there's catchy songs but at least with my film there's a you know there's a solid happy ending that's consistent throughout the thing there's a tone that's set of the entire film it says great can't be fun the entire time whereas with End of the apocalypse he says that it ends on how you know that there's hope there isn't because they thought i told you in the very last song which is no Hollywood ending, that this is not a Hollywood ending. There is no hope and it's just absolutely sad and that to me, when I want friends to come over, I want them to be laughing and have a good time, not cry.
2: Okay.
0: Bring in the Judges. Uh,
2: can I get a repeat on the question, please?
1: Yeah. You can, Kirk, because the question reads... What host 90s musical is the most fun to watch with friends?
2: Okay, thank you.
1: Yeah. And, uh, judges, have you guys seen Repo's the Genetic Opera?
3: I have. It's been a long time, but I have.
1: I haven't, I, I, I used to love it because I'm a weird person. Doesn't the main character die at the end?
0: I'm not know. letting it judge my opinion. I just thought it was- who, who do you Who do you consider the main character?
1: The, the- the repo man.
0: You see, I consider you know. I, to me, I consider the main. Does the repo man die daughter. at the end? Will? Does he die? Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay, that's what I want to. do. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Goddamn. God uh, no, I just again, it, it's not. It's not going towards my uh, vote because uh, it was never brought up. But when Will was like, "It's a happy ending," I'm like, "Doesn't the lead die?"
2: Uh, anyway, um,
1: Kirk, we're gonna start with you.
2: Um. Yeah, I went with Will. Um, I think Brendan did just leave, lose a little focus on the question. I think he um, may have forgot what the question was and kind of conceded the fun aspect about two-thirds of the way through the, the argument. Um, I think Will was winning anyway. Um, just I think the real um, you know, Brendan came at him with well, you know, your movie's over top and gory and you know, Will's right. He kind of picked it over top and gory movie too. So um, kind of conceded that but I think like just the fact of, you know, that he um, he kind of gave up on the fun part
3: uh, is what put will over the top for me brian yeah um i i i don't like repo genetic opera um i do enjoy an apocalypse although not as much as some people in this community I, I agree the ending it, it kind of loses steam as it goes on um but I did go with Will um because I think that while he made a good argument for why you know his movie's <laughs> a better one to pick for you know a, a group of friends who have different tastes and there's something for everyone that kind of thing as far as which one is the more fun to watch will kind of painted a picture of uh the experience you can have actually a couple of different experiences you can have and why it's fun with your friends
1: yeah um <laughs> I also went with Will um, I thought that Brandon did a good job, but I agree that uh, when he kind of said the question says nothing about fun, well, yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, but actually, Will Will never actually, like, countered that by saying it did. He just kind of went along with it. I was – Will, I, I had already, like – he was winning in my mind already. Had he said that, it really would have sealed the deal, but I think okay. that when – uh brandon got tripped up on the on the gory stuff but i understood both sides of it i understood where brandon was coming from of like it's okay to have an emotional ending and all that stuff um but i thought by that point will had kind of sealed it for me so uh i thought it was a good fight but yeah uh will takes the point which means we are moving on to the fourth prep question this was drafted by brandon in the category of the mcu The question is, what is the coolest moment in the first three Thor films? Uh, So, Brandon, you are going to get to kick this one off. you got one minute when you start talking.
4: So those who hold this hammer is worthy and can hold the power of Thor. So I went with – knowing that in mind, that is what makes the character of Thor is he is worthy. So I went with his fight in the beginning – in the first Thor movie – versus the destroyer because throughout the movie in the beginning you see him all cocky you see this guy this kind of douchey God and then he becomes a total human and then you're kind of waiting the whole movie and it's building you up it's building you up and then finally Loki sends down the destroyer the Warriors three are there and Thor says no this is my fight sacrifices himself and then in that moment gets knocked and in that moment he finally proves himself that he is worthy to hold Mioner and hold the power of, of Thor. And for me, that was just the coolest moment because you didn't get to see him as Thor. And then finally it built it up and you just, it was the first time we saw him on screen, and it was just, I remember seeing the theaters, so it was glorious. Time. All right. Uh, we're gonna
1: move over to Will. Will, you have one minute to open your argument when you start talking.
0: So I chose uh, Thor Ragnarok's uh, final battle on the Bifrost Bridge. Why did I choose this? Because this is just the fight to end all fights in a Thor film. This is this was the culmination, not only of Ragnarok, but really every Thor film that came before it. You get to see everyone either have a big redemption arc from Carl Urban's character turning against Hela and just coming back literally blazing your guns a-blazing you have the hulk wrestling a giant wolf into a water fountain which that sentence alone is just cool in itself you see thor coming in with his you know with his lightning powers and just blasting everybody and it's all to the throbbing beats of immigrant song if that doesn't spell cool, I don't know what does. Time.
1: All right. Um, guys, five-minute free form. I must ask you to never use the word throbbing again. But other than that, uh, you guys one may continue. Five minutes when one of you starts talking.
4: So for me, the knock on the end of – I have a couple knocks on the end of, of Thor Ragnarok. It's that the whole movie is loud and there's a lot going on, and in this scene especially, there's just a lot, a lot going on, and it's kind of hard to follow on the first on the first watch. As with my scene, everything is built into this moment. There wasn't much action leading up to that, so you're always waiting for Thor. Where's Thor going to happen? Thor's on the screen, and finally he proves himself worthy, and you see, and he just finally overcomes the enemy. And Thor Ragnarok, he has help, You know, I know the question doesn't say anything about it. Says the coolest moment, but it's just the moment itself is when he gets the hammer, and I think when he gets the hammer, that is overall the coolest Thor moment and the coolest moment in all of the movies.
0: Well, you see, you said it yourself. The coolest moment, not the most profound moment. If it was the most profound moment, then I would, you know, that would definitely concede that your, you know, your moment is great. But for the coolest moment, you know, when I think of cool, I think of just action-packed. I think just great music, I just think, just stunning visuals. And your scene, unfortunately, doesn't have a lot of that. And the scene really is pretty brief in comparison, whereas there's a lot to take in, as you said there's a lot to take in in the first watch. So that means you have to watch it again. Oh, darn. You have to watch this movie again and again. And every single time you watch this scene, there's something new that you get. And it just keeps getting cooler and cooler the more you watch it.
4: So here's my point. Uh, so with my moment, you use the word moment. With your moment, you're using the word scene. So the question is not which scene is the best in Thor? So which moment of that scene are you taking? Because you've talked about you haven't even talked about the coolest moment of that scene in my opinion, but you've talked about the Hulk. You've talked about other you talked about the song. You talk about Scourge. You haven't, those are those are themselves moments. You haven't picked one specific moment because the question doesn't say what is the best, what is the coolest scene in the first three movies? It's what is the coolest moment. And my moment that I picked is just that. It's a moment, it's the moment he sacrifices himself and becomes worthy of Thor. There are other things I'm thinking of in your scene that maybe in that scene that are better than others. Yeah, I haven't even think you picked the best part of that scene, but you haven't picked a moment.
0: Well, you see, if you're going to go by the literal definition of a moment, who's to say how long a moment can be? And that's where you're you know, that's where I think you're kind of getting you're trying to muddle my point a little bit here. You're trying to muddle this. And Let's just be honest. I'm not going to let you. A moment can, you know, a moment can be three seconds. It could be five minutes. It could be whatever, time, you know, it could be whatever time frame. There's not really a time set. So if I, you know, so the fact that I'm going with this entire scene, you know, the, you know the entire fight on the Bifrost Bridge, that is eligible to be a moment. And just because it's dense, just because there's a lot going on, just because it had, you know, just because many people get to have the culmination of their own arcs in that doesn't mean that the moment itself is invalidated by it it doesn't mean that my you know my scene is invalidated just because it's not as brief as your scene is
4: okay but again you haven't really talked about the kind of what has you said it's all led to this but you haven't really mentioned what has led to this what the character arc is for my character for mine it's a clear character arc of it's the whole culmination of the movie. You have the guy comes down to earth, loses his worthiness because he's, you know, his head has grown big. And then he completely finds himself, sacrifices himself, becomes the hero. And it's the, it, it is the moment where Thor himself, these are Thor movies. And Thor, in my scene, Thor himself becomes the hero, defeats the destroyer, makes out with Natalie Portman, and just
0: audiences around the world go wild. Okay. So then if you want me to discuss it I'll discuss it very quickly. So Thor loses his hammer. He loses his, you know, he loses, you know, his father. He loses all hope of getting Asgard back and so he, you know, so he leads this charge with these new friends that he made to get one last battle in for Asgard. He, hammerless, a hammerless Thor, manages to still wield lightning powers and still demolish enemies. Then you have Valkyrie, who is getting over her own alcoholism and fear and finally getting, you know, finally getting a chance to be the badass that she is. You get Hulk, who is getting over his mental illness. There's so many things going on that it's just great. Time. All right. All right.
1: Uh, We are going to start with will you have one minute to close your argument when you start talking.
0: So I do want to reiterate that a moment can be longer than five minutes or 10 minutes. It can be as long as it is because that's still a moment. And just because there's many things happening in a moment, doesn't mean it's not a moment. So during, you know, so when the, you know, When the battle kicks off to finishes, it is just action-packed. You get to see the Scourge have his final redemption. You get to see Valkyrie have her redemption. You get to see the Hulk have his redemption. And Thor gets to prove that he is still worthy and still gets to, you know, still be a badass at the end of the day. It's, you know, it's, yeah, brightly colored. Yeah, it's noisy. But you know what? You're still having fun. It is still enjoyable. This is still an absolute just... Stellar, cool moment. Whereas with uh, with Brandon, you know, with Brandon, scene with the you know, the thing, yeah, he gets to hold the hammer, but then once he holds the hammer, the fight is over in two seconds. That's a very fleeting moment. All
1: right, Brandon, we will go to you. One minute to close when you start talking.
4: So Thor is this badass Norse god. You want him to be able to defeat anything put in his way. And for this entire movie of Thor, you don't really get to see him be there. And you're just sitting there. You're watching him on screen. He's great on screen and what he does, but you're sitting there. You want something more. You want him to finally hold the hammer, be worthy. And when that moment happens, it makes the entire movie without that moment. It ruins the, ent- it, 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 the whole movie's shot and my, and that's why I think it's the coolest. Cause you finally see him get to be worthy. And for his moment, I think it's not even the best. I didn't want to bring it up because he says he said it later on. But it's not even the. He finally he realizes he can doesn't need his hammer. But in the next movie, he gets the axe. So that for me, Ragnarok's kind of ruined because of the better scene in Avengers: Infinity War. But for my scene, you finally get to see him be Thor. Thor has the hammer, and you can see his worthiness, and it's great.
1: Time. You just recontextualized Bragnarok for me a little bit, Brandon. Uh, interesting. Uh, okay, we're going to bring in Kirk and Brian. Um. Okay. I'm going first, aren't I? Oh, crap. Um, okay. A um, couple things here. The semantics argument of what is the moment, what isn't, Will's answer was accepted. Um, so therefore, I think to say the final battle on the bridge was accepted is is we consider it for the qualifications of this question. Um, that being said, I did go with BC because I thought that Brandon was able to explained to me through the uh like plot of the first film why when Thor that in that moment of him sacrificing himself and grabbing the hammer to take on the destroyer is just like dripping with cool and I thought that will got a little bit caught up in Brandon's uh jabs of like, of the, well, yours isn't a full moment. Which moment are you picking? Like, Will got a little caught up in that and like ended up explaining the entire plot of Thor Ragnarok, which he didn't need to do at that point, um, just because Brandon basically egged him too. Um, And I think what kind of sealed it for me was Brandon actually kind of shooting himself in the foot a little bit by saying, there is so much going on. There's so much going on. Well, if I'm looking for like a really cool moment, I think Brandon did a better job of explaining why his is very singular. The one character, the character the movie is about, and this moment being cool for that character. So that's kind of what sold me at the end of the day. Um, But I thought it was close, like at the end, like I I think Will did a good job, but just I think Brandon overall was able to sell me more. So uh, Kirk... Yeah,
2: Brandon made that very common rookie mistake where he tried to argue the semantics of an already accepted answer which um, you know no shame in that because I think everybody's done that in, uh, you know at least once um and Will I really liked that moment where Will was like I'm not going to let you do that. I was like yeah, will you stand up for yourself. Don't let him do it. But then Will spent the rest of his argument defending his moment and why you know why it was a moment. So um, at that point the, it kind of turned into a little bit of a slog. So I'm more or less kind of cuz the, the cool conversation at that point had kind of ended. So I kind of go with everything before that. Um, I did did still end up going with Will, though, because I think before that moment, Will, from his opening argument, Will was talking about the music and the Hulk fighting a the wolf and just bringing up a lot of really cool stuff. And he did, you know, like I agreed with him completely. He said if it was the most profound moment or most meaningful moment for the Thor character, yeah, Brandon had it. But if something just cool to watch, it's the rock bridge fight.
1: Okay, Brian, you are deciding this one. Are we moving on to the speed round or are we finishing up?
3: Well, I do think that um, I mean, if we were talking about uh best fight, a bus scene, things like that, that the, the bridge scene is definitely uh, up there. It's 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 very cool. Um, Brandon, I think that in the last question he uh kind of forgot the fun aspect of the question. On this one, I think he very wisely zeroed in on the, the moment idea of it. And while yes, the the semantics of what you know time-wise takes up a moment is, is moot. I think the idea of a moment is is perfectly exemplified with the way with Thor gets the hammer. because And we'll try to downplay it. With, okay. He gets the hammer, but it's not about, he gets the hammer. It's about that moment when he becomes worthy to get the hammer in it. And so I thought Brandon did a good job of expressing that.
1: All right. Well, that means your winner is Brandon Cohen. Uh, we are going <laughs> to go into post match interviews starting with will cohen will great job tonight uh you did really well and i i if i'm not mistaken i think kirk voted for you every time i could be wrong about that but i think he did so uh i always say this to people will just because i only voted for you once doesn't mean i hate you i don't hate you uh but i think you did really well this evening
0: how are you feeling about the match i'm not mad at it um <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna be honest like uh, again, I've only been debating for, I think since like Jan- uh, since like December of last year when I did uh, some exhibition over in uh, Movie Battlegrounds, and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing over there. And <laughs> so I've I've been learning, and these are good, you know. My my strategy, I thought were okay. They didn't pan out. That's fine. Brandon, you know, Brandon being an absolute rookie, uh, I don't believe he's ever debated before. You wouldn't know it with that performance, though. So, you know, who's to say a different, who's, uh, one thing I always say whenever I do these debates is a different set of judges could have had a different outcome. And who's to say a different, you know, who's to say, you know, if I had different judges other than uh, Kirk and Brian over here. It could have possibly swung my way. It may not have, but you know what? At the end of the day, was this a good match? Yes. Is this going to be entertaining as hell for people to watch? Yes. I'm surprised you don't hate me for you know saying the word throbbing. I apologize for that. I couldn't think of anything. That's, any- true, that's <laughs> true. I forgot about that. You can <laughs> want to
3: take me out, but you, you should
0: actually like Kurt because he votes for you every time, so you couldn't do better than that. <laughs> I, thought he, I thought he voted against me at one time, but Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to that. I was just paying attention to, (laughs) is this going to go my way? By the time that the second point landed, it's like, this is not going to go my way. That's fine. I still had fun.
1: Good. Glad you had fun. We'd love to have you back, Will. So thank you for being on the show this
0: evening. Anytime you want to have me
1: all right sounds great uh Will, thank you for being here let's bring in the winner today brandon brandon great job if that is true that you've never debated before i think will's right you wouldn't know based on the performance i think you did a really good job um how are you feeling about the match
4: i've been debating for years Is never on camera um but i i feel great honestly like like i said before i didn't know what i was signing up for um But now that I've experienced this, I'm definitely going to be putting even more work into the next one because I put some work into, I put obviously put work into this. I wanted to win this, but you know, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but this was absolutely a blast. I enjoyed watching this or doing this. And to be honest, I thought like I was prepared to just win. Like I thought I had the sports one in the bag because of the answer. Um, I, haven't seen Repo, the genetic opera, <laughs> to be honest. So so I was kind of like succeeding in that point and putting more uh, stock in, the in, you know, in the other ones, um, the DreamWorks one. And I th- honestly, like I was mad because that Thor moment is awesome. And that was, would have been my pick, but you know, that's the nature of the game. So being able to kind of um, in, you know, the jabs were into, like, I was trying to cause a little chaos because I was worried that I was, losing that because he mentioned the music and everything but he never mentioned like him coming down with the um with the thunder which which yeah. i was kind of alluding to was that is the best moment of that so to um you know to win that point that's what i really wanted to win just try to win that point but you know like he said the group of, i love this group of judges so um i had, a, I had a, or two of you um i had a great uh a great time and i'm looking forward to uh you know i want to you know i want to do do this again i want to put even more work into this and we'll get better at this because this was you know a lot of fun well you're going to have an
1: opportunity to very soon sir because you are going to be playing again um you are will be playing the winner of tyler birch and alex martinez now two questions for you a do you know who either of those people are
4: i played with alex before (laughs) which one would you rather play uh, I don't care. I can, I can, I can, I can debate a shoe. I can do anything. I don't, know. I, don't I don't, I don't, mind. You
3: probably win that one too.
4: I mean, yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I don't know. It's really I mean, not a shoe. Um, <laughs> it depends on the shoe. That's yeah. I don't care. I'll uh, I'll go toe to toe with anybody. I'll I'll come up with my my random bullshit and uh, I'll have fun doing it.
1: All right, lots of toe references. I'm into it, Brandon. Great job. uh <laughs> So Tarantino uh, or something yeah right (laughs) so great job brandon uh we will see you with the next match um brian final thoughts from you
3: yeah i mean this is a kind of what you expect from uh from debut matches i mean there's people who kind of you know get to know the format kind of shake off the cobwebs kind of thing um i think it's interesting that while will ended up losing he's also the only person that swept a question with all the votes yeah so i mean so both of them definitely had their had their strong points I am very excited to watch Brandon versus Shu. That sounds like a fun one. I'll judge that one. Um, Yeah. yeah.
1: Kirk, what about you?
3: Um, Yeah,
2: I I love it when the person I've well, I don't love it, but it's the best case scenario for me when the person I vote for every time loses because they can't be mad at me for losing. And as far as the winner goes, who cares what I thought because they won. So I'm coming out pretty rosy either way. Um, But no, they. um, I think they both have like the makings of pretty solid players. I think they both have very different uh, ways of coming at the game. And I think they both just need to tighten it up a little bit. And um, I think they can both do some damage. Uh, Like I said, both of them, I think just made some simple mistakes that cost them, Um, but they both have the makings of pretty good players
1: yeah absolutely i could not agree more uh well that's going to do it for us today at fan zone debate thank you so much to brandon and will thank you to brian and kirk for judging this one with me i have been tim we will see you in a couple weeks for the aforementioned uh tyler versus alex that'll be a good one we'll see you real soon with that and until then have a good one there we go thank you very much please come again we have a lot more groceries